Welcome to another week of the Trailer Island Podcast, where... Steve. And Matthew. And myself, Alex, talk about movies and their trailers. Did the film deliver what the trailer... Uh, uh, trailer, what was it called? Um, promise. Promise. to expectations. That's you did, the you word did really well yeah, there. It's a good thing we're a few episodes in and people already know what our shtick is. Yeah. You think, yeah, if I did, did that in first episode, we'd be in a bit of trouble. But fortunately, this is episode six. six. Yeah. I'm still willing to put up with your Jack and Avery. I'm, you know, I'm not even going to question that. I'm just going to go with it. Mm. Um, thank you for your opinion, Steve. I, <laughs> I really appreciate it. That's great. I think we've had enough opinions after last week's episode, haven't we? Though. Yeah, that was uh, that was a strong one. Mm. This week we're back to a regular film. Yeah, well, I think it's quite a special film, though. I think, isn't it? Really, I think it's the fact that it was just made at all is is quite special. But let's introduce it before oh. I start gushing about it. I thought you were talking about the fact that it's the third ScarJo film we've talked about. Oh well, there's that as well. Especially yeah. because of that. Yeah, there's also that. <laughs> yes, we did talk about marriage. Story in episode three, then Endgame in episode four. We skipped Scarlett Johansson for episode five. And today's film is <laughs> Jojo, Jojo Rabbit. Rabbit. You boys will be involved in such activities as four games, <laughs> ambush techniques, and blowing stuff up. I don't think I can do this. Was? Of course you can. Hi. <laughs> you know what I am? Sit a Jew. Gesundheit. Oh, God. Nothing makes sense anymore. Yeah, I know. It's definitely not a good time to be a Nazi. Oh, it's such a cute, beautiful trailer. It is. I love it. Unfortunately, you probably didn't hear much of it because it's full of music. Yeah. So most of that... Very copyrightable music Very copyrighted music. We don't want to get sued. It does feature the German version of... Uh, we Can Be Heroes mm. by, uh, by David Bowie. Bowie sung by David Bowie yeah, in German yeah. Yeah. and the German version of I'm a Believer by the Beatles Monkeys The Monkeys The Monkeys No, you're, you're, no, no it's, it's The Monkeys It's The Monkeys Because okay. the, Be- the Beatles are in the film but they're not in the trailer oh, Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. where you're getting The film starts crossed. with a yes. Beatles song it but does. the trailer for the film has The Monkeys German version mm-hmm. And, and it sets the tone, doesn't it, for the film? It sets such a beautiful tone for this film. And as a trailer, I know we can't sort of conclude things already, <laughs> but I really enjoy the trailer for that film and how it sets an understanding of what you're going to see. Yeah. So that was the trailer for Jojo Rabbit, which is a Taika Waititi film. Mm-hmm. Can the, I say it again after the yes. Mandalorian episode? Taika Waititi? Yeah, the confidence is coming through that. Well done. And Jojo Rabbit is about a young boy. We're following a young boy, and he is a Nazi youth, a German boy living in Germany, as it were. Mm. Towards the end of the war, I think it's 44. I I believe it's 1944. So, historically speaking, we know what happens around that time. Jojo is his name, and he has an imaginary best friend who is Adolf Hitler. Adolf mm. Hitler. And that, and just by that, you can tell that this film is some kind of comedy. But it also has quite a heart to it as well, which we'll get mm. to. But I think the fact that they've sort of gone to like, well, who, who could his imaginary friend be? Who could be this, this, this sort of um, representing all the influences on this young boy's, this young German boy's life in 1940s Germany? It's like, yeah, Hitler makes perfect sense. And they play it so well. It never comes off as inappropriate, I think, is, no. is the way to describe it. Like, it feels like they did the right thing to get their message across. It's fantastic. And it's played well by Taika Waititi, also plays Hitler. Mm-hmm. So, yes, this. he is directing the film and also he did the screenplay mm. for it. It is based on a book called Caging Skies. I remember first hearing about this film when it got first announced. The pitch then... You didn't even need a trailer. 
it was Taika Waititi's new film will be a a World War Two film where he plays mm. Adolf Hitler, the imaginary best friend of a young boy. Uh, absolutely, I, that sums it up for me as well because <laughs> I saw this trailer. You know, now being a huge fan of Taika Waititi, having seen a few of his films, and to me, the trailer promised a film where where it would be justified, but if basically a film where this this innocent young boy whose imaginary friend is Hitler, they will have scenes where they go running merrily through the woods together, throwing hand grenades. <laughs> that was what I was promised, and that was what I got. I was like, wow, this is this is an amazing comedy. This is fantastic. It also did uh did hint at some like some very deep emotional things as well. Like as soon as they introduced the fact that his family, well, his mother would be hiding a Jew. Yes, and you go okay. So it's going to be touching on a few deep little issues. Well, I, you do yeah. automatically understand the implications of all that, don't you? Yeah, but I think the historical accuracy within the film—that it's obviously the comedy is based off of that—is very solid. Mm-hmm. Which, I, which is why I think it's instantly recognizable as to what the situation is. Is they don't change history at all, mm-hmm. and that's why I think it's very important that it's not actually Hitler in the film; it's his imaginary friend. Is that you? You know the situation, and then with that, you can sort of run with it, and and they just do such a great job of, of putting their own twist on it on this yeah. on this story. You, you do need to have an understanding of history, don't you? To Absolutely, understand yes. this film. Yeah, I think it would be difficult to find someone of our age bracket and demographic who doesn't know about mm. World War Two on and the Nazis and. Germany and the Axis and the Allies, which we should we should mention, we have highlighted the comedy. Obviously, that historical context is not funny, and it's not something you would immediately go, "Let's make a comedy about this." No, but I think it's because the film isn't isn't about you know, isn't it funny that oh Hitler's there and and we got you know Sam Rockwell and Rebel Wilson doing stupid German accents. That's not you know that's not sort of it's not doing it willy nilly. It's not cheap. It's not doing it for cheap laughs. It actually has a lot to say about yeah. innocence yeah. and the in, and sort of in that kind of context and I think potentially Taika Waititi is trying to think about the modern time in, in America perhaps yeah. how if you grow up with, with a figure like that in, in power that's sort of what you hear and you don't get the other side of it and there's a great moment it's in the trailer it's in the film where poor Jojo finds out that wait we're the bad guys <laughs> because he's raised to think that yeah you know Nazi Germany will save us all and we'll be great and I think that that is rooted in historical Accuracy, and yeah. I think that's why it works. It doesn't make fun of that aspect at all. I actually have a, a real soft spot for, especially World War Two films that really portray the German people to be the underdogs, like who who don't really understand what they were a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, Jojo Rabbit, is a, a good example. Even like uh, Valkyrie, that was a that was a decent sort of. The German people are are the ones that are are oppressed. I, yeah, I'm not trying to make any. Definite. No, it's, it's, it's a huge, broad topic. Yeah. Obviously, yes, yes. Um, and another one, uh, well, Schindler's List. Uh, uh, yet another one where the German people are are the victims, and mm. I love to see the, the 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 sort of rise and the 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 awareness that comes from this. And this is another great example of it. I think the reason we're clearly so excited about it is that it has taken a very unusual route. Instead of playing it as a drama, it has taken the comedic route. And talking of the comedy, it's pretty spot on. So we've I've already mentioned Sam Rockwell, Rebel Wilson. Sam Rockwell is is a legendary actor by this point. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. This is the first film I've seen Rebel Wilson in where I, where she literally had me crying. I thought she was hilarious <laughs> in this. Usually I think, oh, yeah, you know, she's funny, but she's nothing that's ever really stood out to me. But in this, she just owns it. She's great mm-hmm. in this. And she has some great lines, obviously directed quite well. And, and um, Jojo's friend as well, his friend of his own age, 
has some great some great moments and some great little lines of innocence. Yorkie. Yorkie. And yeah. he's he's fantastic. <laughs> Who is probably um, the only character that doesn't have a German accent. In the <laughs> yeah. Film. yeah. yeah. They, they all do some sort of iteration of a German yeah. accent that you, you know, you get it. It's a comedy. It's not meant to be totally serious. We'll come to that a little bit later, <laughs> I think. But that didn't take me out of it at all. Mm. You've got you to also understand you're watching a film about basically the Nazi youth. Yeah. And how do you make light of that situation? Yeah. How yeah. do you make that acceptable in a, you know, the 21st century politics and racial understanding of the world and all those sort of things? How yeah. do you make a film that ideally doesn't offend just for the sake of offending? Well, that's exactly right. And I thought, and I'm not trying to be funny by saying this, but I honestly never thought I would see a film where the Gestapo turn up at a doorstep and make <laughs> yeah. me laugh yeah, exactly. to the point where, and that's they only right. have one scene in the film, I wanted more of the Gestapo. And I, that's just not right. It's yep. just so weird. But the film does it in a way that you understand where the joke is aimed yeah. at. It's not saying, oh, aren't the Gestapo? It's not, you know, it's not doing anything inappropriate. And I think that's that's just a, a real testament to the 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 quality of direction <laughs> that Taika Waititi has done here. Within about 30 seconds, though, you sort of go, oh, mm. they're in trouble. Yeah. yeah that, well, that's it. There's still a threat. Like, there's still a very threatening presence, but it's, it's, it's so hard to explain because it's at one time hilarious and at the other time you're going, I don't want... Something really bad could happen here because we all know the Gestapo were not nice people. Well, they weren't nice people. I never really um, thought Stephen Merchant had that range where he could be, <laughs> at the same time, yeah. hilarious... Yet menacing. That's and so Stephen Merchant, um, for those because he's usually a behind the scenes until recently a behind the mm-hmm. scenes presence. He was um, instrumental in the British Office mm-hmm. with Ricky Gervais, and recently he's he's become more of a forefront in terms of actually acting on screen. But I have to agree, I've, I didn't know he could well act that well. Yeah. To be honest, I know he's a great writer, but he's a menacing presence in this. Very menacing. I suppose that's sort of the first point we're making is that this cast is pretty extraordinary like there's there's no there's no weak point in it you've got you you've got archie yates who plays york you've got uh roman griffin davis who plays jojo scar joe's in it mm. stephen merchant sam rockwell all those big names and and no one misses a beat no they're all pretty tight i even yeah. loved alfie allen as oh, sam, as yeah. sam rockwell <laughs> sort of offsider and there's a bit of I think sexual tension. Oh, yeah, there <laughs> definitely the, is, yeah. Between the two of them, which was just hilarious to watch. And there's all these little side stories, little stories yeah. about people. They somehow make fun of, I think there's a stereotype of the, the camp German. They kind of use that, but yeah. in a very unoffensive <laughs> way. You're still kind of on side with the whole thing. Um, but talking of, of sort of German stereotypes, obviously, so Hitler is in, in the film played by Taika Waititi. As an imaginary character. Not the Hitler, an imaginary version of him. And Taika Waititi is obviously a New Zealander. And even though he attempts an accent, it, it's pretty appalling. But the fact that I did not care yeah. is, and I think you've touched on this already, Alex, but he's just not the sort of person I think I'd ever pick to play a version of, of Hitler. Because he, in everything I've seen him in, he's been the goofy, yeah. lovable. And he kind of brings that to this initially in terms of Jojo's perception of his imaginary friend. And obviously, as time goes on, we see more of what we know as the historically accurate Hitler, perhaps. As time goes on. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, but I just thought it, I can't imagine now, it, when I heard, I was like, oh, well, okay, that's, he, like, he would play the part and he'll be funny, but I'll never sort of think, oh, he won't, he won't do a serious Hitler at any point. And then now that I've seen it, I go, okay, he actually kind of pulled that off. Mm-hmm. And now I can't see anyone else playing that version of, of that, <laughs> that role. Like, he just owned it. It was great. We have, as an audience, become aware of the Taika Waititi tone and look yeah. of a film. Yes. 
Thor Ragnarok was the film that really introduced the masses to Taika Waititi. Yeah. And he was able to put his tone on top of a Hollywood huge budget film and really saved the Thor character, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. It's a film we can talk about another time. Mm-hmm. He's started his career in New Zealand really sort of creating these stories about you know just people mm-hmm. I did see a there was a video online that I saw the title of where the video itself was horrible but <laughs> the title of the video was really hit the nail on the head on how I was trying to explain to myself how I felt about his films and that he creates happy sad cinema oh, oh that's, yeah absolutely. absolutely okay so think about that so happy sad cinema you've got these beautiful stories about people that make you laugh and really enjoy the film for what it is but then it also really hits home about the situation that people find themselves in and the truly in some cases heart-wrenching consequences yeah. and, of life and he's been very consistent um at that so uh, so we were talking about the previous work he's done i mean i've seen um what we do in the shadows which is a mockumentary mm. that's quite light-hearted but then to sort of balance that he's done um the hunt for the wilder people which is also quite a whimsical yeah film but it has a really um well wholesome heart at the center mm. of it and then you were telling me about some of the earlier films he'd done. Yeah. Like, uh, is it Boy There's and... There's a film called Boy and Eagle versus Shark is another one. That's sort of his earlier feature films. Mm. And they're just little, almost, I want to say vignettes, but they're just small focus stories about people and a particular situation that they're in. And he does it really well to just focus on the little guy, the outsider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The outsiders in society and what actually kind of makes them special. And if we bring that back to Jojo Rabbit, the young boy, think about the focus of that for a second. A young Nazi youth who is fanatical about Hitler and Nazi Germany, and it's 1944 in the height of World War II. Mm-hmm. How do we care about a character like that and the people around him? Because it makes you think all of those people seem normal. If yeah. you flip the flag that they were... Yeah praising towards you know you'd probably feel the same way he's done a really really great job at making germans in that era sympathetic he's really sort of excelling at making coming of age age stories yeah hunt for the world of people was was coming of age through and through and he he does uh he doesn't two notes in jojo rabbit and, and it's when Jojo sort of starts to discover that Nazism isn't all it's cracked up to be, <laughs> yeah, and when he store, sort of realizes that um, Elsa, the Jewish, um, keeping hidden in his house, well, his mother is his mother. Well, is. that that is, I guess, the conflict of this film. Yeah, mm. is that he's a fanatic, mm. and his mum is harboring an enemy of the state, a Jewish person, in their house, and when he finds out about that. That is the conflict in this story. Mm-hmm. There's this big dramatic turn, uh, like three quarters of the way through, and he comes home, and he just he just sinks into Elsa's arms. I, th- I that was that was that was yeah. devastating for me. That was that was I was heart wrenching. I have to. I was trying to think about that moment you're talking about, why it sort of really hit home, and um, that is that is the uh, the knife that you, that you feel is is that moment of of him accepting comfort from this this person who at the beginning of the film when he first meets her he he does not want there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um that was quite quite emotional. But then it's and then it makes you laugh like 10 seconds later yeah. like it's a really interesting film for that. It's yeah, very interesting. 
It is. Yeah, I guess I don't think I really thought about it that way as a coming-of-age film, mm-hmm. isn't it? You watch a film and generally the expectation is that a character will develop or change over the arc of the film. And we get that. Mm. And I don't think the trailer really sold to us the heart-wrenching yeah. moments of this film. Like it, when there are particular things that happen that just make you turn and go, oh, no, mm-hmm. that is absolutely horrendous. And that is exactly what I'd forgotten to expect in a Taika Waititi film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important as well because those moments, even though we, you know, we're, we are legitimately having such a good time watching this, those moments do remind you, hey, this stuff happened. You know, it's that kind of reminder mm-hmm. that this is, a, this is a historical context to this and, and, you know, and, and bad things happen to people. And I think that's why the film's so clever is it makes you laugh and think, oh, this is, this is silly. This would never happen now. And then it reminds you, well, it did happen in the mm-hmm. past and it was awful. We need to make sure this doesn't happen again. You know, it's sort of got a sort of a 21st century kind of uh, message about it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of media out there that kind of keeps reminding you the Nazi Germans were terrible people, blah, blah, blah. And it was terrible. Oh, yeah. But you forget about, sometimes you forget about the people who were just innocent, forced to do things. You know, I don't think we can really truly comment on it. Not, yeah, because we're not we historians. Don't, we, we don't weren't there. historically yeah. really understand how these people experienced this situation. But the film does a really nice job of making poignant moments around the realities of war. Yeah. And even though it is portrayed to us as a comedy, mm. you do get these moments where it really does, it doesn't pull any punches about the reality of yeah. the people and how it hurts. But I think then to balance that, sometimes it does the same thing, but completely absurdly. There's a bit towards the end where Rebel Wilson is with uh, some of the Hitler youths and the Americans are sort of um, coming in and she straps this grenade to the back of this Hitler youth guy oh and says, see yeah. that American over there? Go give him a hug and pulls the pin out the grenade. And it's, you think, Jesus, like that is awful. But at the same time, you're laughing. Like yeah. it, and it, it makes you think about it. It really sort of creates the conversation. But it's, it's that, I think that's kind of genius comedic writing where you can be laughing and then a few seconds I go, why did I laugh at that? That is a horrible, horrible thing to yeah. do to a child who's so innocent. You're going to go, I'll give him a hug because I was told to. But yeah, it's it's um, the comedy is, is I think, really, really well thought out. It's, it's very measured. It's a very fine line to balance on, isn't it? Yeah. Between talking about children using suicide bombs and Ugh. making you laugh, like, like how does that? Yeah, it's how a- does it work? But the film does it. It's it's you know groomed you in a way to enjoy enjoy it. I don't know if <laughs> don't that's know. even the I mean, right thing to say. I did enjoy the film, but now that we've just had that conversation, I think <laughs> was it right that I enjoyed it? I don't know. Felt like towards the end of the second act, I was a bit a little bit like. Uh, this is dragging on a little bit for me. Mm. I found the story was just taking a while. They needed more Gestapo during that sequence, didn't they? They needed more of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe it needed a break. I don't know, something to break all that up. But I do understand why it's there it and what story a, it's telling at the time. It serves a function in terms of, of narrative. It, yeah, does, it does, yeah. Um, oh, another, another little scene on those notes is uh, where um, Jojo's mother... Uh, Scarlett Johansson yeah Scarlett <laughs> um, where he, she and Jojo are just riding bikes and yes. they, they're following behind this this army sort of truck that's carrying all these wounded soldiers and the instant feeling is going oh god these, these poor men poor like I, you're thinking this about Nazi soldiers and then Scarlett Joe turns around and says go home and be good to your mothers and yeah. some of them start smiling and you go oh that's that's actually sort of a, a sweet moment mm. your feeling is that 
these quiet moments do show have their purpose and well i don't think you could be i don't think it could be making you and don't get me wrong it's a legitimately funny film the whole way through but it couldn't make you laugh consistently there needs to be light and shade and and it needs to have actual characters and i think it's rare and this is obviously what taika watiti is extremely good at is is often you'll see a, a comedy that sort of places comedy above character development whereas this film all the characters have such an arc even the side characters have an arc mm. as well. They have their own kind of um, aspirations and you sort of see where they end up. And I think it's odd to see a comedy that's legitimately so funny, but also just ex- like if it wasn't funny, it would still work as a drama. The story and the characters mm. are that strong that you could just play it straight. But they don't. They do it as a comedy as an, as an extra level. And we're not just talking about Jojo here as well. We've got a bunch of characters here that all go through some sort of transformation. Elsa goes through a transformation. She's she's no longer the scared Jew living in the wall. She becomes this confident and she's accepted back in the, out yeah, in the world. Yeah. Sam Rockwell's oh. character goes through a bit of a transformation as well. He, he she, does. What an awakening he has. Yeah. It's fantastic. He goes from someone who, who's <laughs> intent on dying on a battlefield to someone mm. who's, you know... Runs a daycare center, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> and it's pretty sympathetic toward Jojo and Elsa in the end as well. I don't know what it is about Sam Rockwell, but he does father figure characters so well. He plays that incredibly well, mm-hmm. very easily. I think it's fair to say that we're all pretty... Yeah, I've been I've struggled to be objective with this one because being a bit... I enjoy reading about the history of World War II. I also enjoy comedy and I also enjoy the, the works of Taika Waititi. So for me, I was like, well... How am I not going to like it? So I, I have struggled to be objective about it. I think like you, Alex, you, you, you say um, it, it is a little slower in the middle. It serves its purpose, but I've seen the film now about four times. And on the fourth time you go, oh, I've, I have seen this. Now that I know what it's setting up, I sort of don't need to see it. But obviously the films are designed to be seen the first time around. So it makes sense that it's there, I think. It, I've no issue with it ultimately. Yeah. Here's a question for the two of you and anyone listening at home. This was a Fox Searchlight film, which makes it a Disney film. <laughs> is Hitler a Disney princess? Uh, uh, I. Uh, <laughs> He's trying really. You should see his face. He is trying very hard to answer this question. I want to say no, but he's definitely a Disney villain. Yeah, uh, he could, yeah. There you go. Like the witch from Snow White. He joins the ranks of Jafar. Oh, there you go. There, there we go. Now that we've completely, yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we can do any more of these. I think we've done it. <laughs> Maybe JoJo's mum. We can call the Disney princess. I thought Thomas and McKenzie would be the oh, the or Disney. um Elsa. Yeah, mm. Elsa. Yeah. Elsa. Yeah. Elsa. Maybe yeah. she's the Disney princess in all. I, of I think it's. It may be better to not think of it as a Disney film. Full stop. No, I think. no. <laughs> Even though it technically is, I think it's best not to think of it that it's way. It's not on Disney Plus. No, put no. it that way. But it would, actually, it probably might be. A question I had is: is obviously our, our protagonist in this film is is a child. Do you think that this? Do you think that children could watch this, Ooh. or do you reckon they just would not? Do Do they need to have the understanding of history? to be able to appreciate what the film is doing. If you don't have that understanding, you are not going to mm. feel the way that we probably felt watching A child that probably story. won't know who, who the Gestapo were, so they won't understand the, the threat that is imposed when they turn up on your doorstep. That's right. I find that this film is never disrespectful yeah. to any of the history 
I mean, it's disrespectful to Hitler because he's the one person who we should never, ever stop mm. making fun of. Um, but it's never disrespectful to, the, I think, the memory of anyone who perhaps went through this or anything. I mean, again, it humanizes. I'm, it does humanize them. And I think it raises some very excellent points that, again, like we've had a great discussion about this. I love this movie because it makes you laugh. You go, wasn't this joke great? And then you start talk, thinking about the real world implications of it. And it just has, the, it has a nice conversation to come after it, I think, which is nice. It's a good time to wrap and mm-hmm. work out our scores. Uh, last week we had Volleyball Wilsons. Oh, yeah. Out of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, why not Sandcastles? Should we go Sandcastles? Oh, yeah. This week? yeah, sure. I don't know if it works with the theme of the film. I was say, all. we could do Tropical Hand Grenades. <laughs> Ooh. Tropical Hand Grenades. So when they explode, they're just, they're just, just sand. Okay. All yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. We'll Let, go with that, yeah? Let's go with Tropical Hand Grenades. Sure. Why not? Why not? Matt, you go first. The, the trailer, again, promised me this absurd comedy where a young innocent boy is, is best friends with, with an imaginary Hitler. And, and that was the promise. And I, I loved the promise of that. I went, I got that. That absolutely delivered. And it also gave me this wonderful, almost fable-like story where this, this young innocent boy who represents, I think, a lot of people, both at the time and, and now in the present day, sort of ha- has this kind of realization of... of reality perhaps um like you say coming of age story steve i subscribe to that as well so i i love this film i I, like i said i've seen it four times i can't get enough of it i'm going to give it five tropical hand grenades okay i'm stuck between four and four and a half because i do feel like there was a bit of a slowness throughout the film but i can't fault it on anything else because i did enjoy it so much so look i'm gonna go with 4.5 it's really enjoyable it gives you laughs. It gives you cry. It gives you tears. <laughs> can you be give you can you cry? cry? <laughs> they use David Bowie's heroes in the film oh, at one yeah. point. And if, wherever you use that in a film, yeah. you will make me cry. And that's what happened in this film. So <laughs> it's like a, a Sunday afternoon on the couch and it's raining. You know, you just sort of feel a certain warmth about all of that. It's a very comfortable film, despite the uncomfortable topics they bring up. That's exactly right. And I think that's what really makes it special. Steve? Uh, it gave me cry and it gave me laugh. <laughs> Five tropical hand grenades. Five tropical hand grenades. I, th- I, wow. think, I don't think I could expand on anything else. Like you guys, have, we've said it. it mm. It's just... It's good. Gave me cry. Mm, mm. <laughs> it gave me cry a few times as well. I think we all cried. It's a good thing we didn't watch it together, really. We've all just been crying in, in a puddle on the floor all together. That would have been, yeah, a bit awkward. <laughs> but it's not a thing where it makes you sad and fills you leaving like, oh, the no, life it's, is it's horrible. A, such an uplifting film. It is really uplifting. You come out of it going, that I feel really, strangely, I feel really good. So it's probably a good time now to wrap up things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been a wonderful time chatting again with the two of you, you lovely, lovely gentlemen. Oh, well, thank you. I'll bring up that, uh, where's that music? Oh, there, oh, there it is. It is. Oh, Matthew's yes. serenading us again. I'll um, you out. <laughs> you can always find us wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, all those subsidiaries. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Matthew. Which is Island Trailer. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, we still great. haven't found the guy The guy who's taking our trailer yeah. island. Oh, we'll find him. Steve. We will find him. You look him. so determined the to find him. the efficiency of the Gestapo. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. Oh, okay. Well, keeping on tonight's theme, that's excellent. You can visit our website, trailerisland.com.au. Find us on our Facebook page. Yeah, well, you got a Facebook page. Yeah, trailer thanks. Island Podcast. Yeah, that's the one. And send us a message. We'd love to know what films... 
Always taking suggestions for films, yeah. Yeah, films, documentaries, TV shows, or trailers. Maybe we should do a full episode just about trailers. That could be interesting, yeah. Maybe one day. Mm. Yes. Be lovely to get into the cinema soon, thanks to this global pandemic. But uh, being on an island, we've been relatively unscathed. That's right. The time is approaching. I had a scare, but that's something else. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I think time to wrap it up, fellas. <laughs> that was just sand. <laughs> course and it gets everywhere yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, i have been your host alex i've been joined by matthew and Stephen. and thank you again for listening and we will catch you on the next episode of the trailer island podcast arrivederci goodbye